What's going on, everyone? This is Mitch from RespectMyRegion.com, back with another episode of the North American Weed Tour podcast. We are looking at recreational cannabis across the map. Today, I'm joined by special guest Lisa Finelli Fallon of Boston Cannabis Week. How are you doing today, Lisa? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on today. Likewise, man. You know, we had you last year. I'm not, I'm not repeating too many guests, you know, from last year to this year. Here, but I had to bring you on. You know, we're going to come out to, to Boston Cannabis Week here again next week. Um, in the 19th through the 25th, uh, I'm going to be out there again. I came out last year for the first time. And so I had to bring you back on here to talk a little, you know, the, 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 the progression from last year to this year and just get the update on the Massachusetts market. But before we get into that, I know you've been on here before, so I probably already pestered you with this question, but I got to start every episode off with our guests, um, you know, origin story with the plant, the plant being cannabis, whether that's personal or professional. So I'm just kind of curious when, when you and cannabis started, started your relationship. Uh, I've been an advocate of cannabis for most of my life, uh, understanding what the uh, wellness benefits are uh, from a very young age. And then I worked uh, throughout my career, I've worked in media and music and entertainment. Uh, and, you know, that that lives right hand in hand with the cannabis industry. So uh, back in 2016, I was a booking agent at Hard Rock Cafe Boston, and I met my now uh, business partner Scott Patano at a uh, Red Man show that we hosted at Hard Rock, and uh, at the time he asked me if I would come in and do the booking for the Boston Freedom Rally. He was working with them at the time, so we booked a free show with uh, Method Man and Red Man in Boston Common, and that was kind of the start, uh, the, the spark that that uh, became later became Boston Cannabis Week. Uh, my business partner Scott was very. Um, mindful to that he wanted to create something that uh covered all different uh all different aspects of the plant and, and all its forms uh but was more like fashion week something that offered a little bit for everyone was more premium and, and catered to a large uh audience within the community and uh we started working on it in 2016 and launched for the first year in 2019 and now we're in year four Year four. And, and one of those years, you guys went all digital, right? Like in COVID, was that 2020 that you guys went all digital? Yeah. So in 2020, uh, we were obviously like everyone else, we were stuck trying to figure out what the next step was. So we did a whole week of uh, virtual events in 2020. We figured everybody would be burnt out. Everyone was on Zoom all the time. Uh, and actually, we ended up gaining a huge national audience. We had about 30,000 for the atten attendees for the week that were all over the country. Uh, and that was kind of the start of realizing that even though we were Boston Cannabis Week, we did have a, a name that was recognizable uh, throughout the country. And since then, we've kept some of our virtual programming and we also have uh, live streams available of some of our in-person programming. So that way we can still cater to that market outside Boston for people who can't be here in person. Absolutely. I mean, you guys caught me right from the other side of the map. That was my, my first time in, in, in Boston or Massachusetts alone was with what you guys had going on. And I think, you know, I know we talked about this a little bit last time I had you on here is like, obviously Massachusetts was like the first Northeast stone to go adult use. And I know, you know, New Jersey just turned over and New York is figuring out whatever their shit show is going to look like. Uh, and, and they get a lot of the attention. But right now, like you guys are really paving the way in the Massachusetts market for 
what adult use cannabis looks like on the East Coast. And and I think it's a it's it it's cool because it's a mixture of like you know the MSOs and the big money, but then there's also local bread companies, and 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 you're seeing some just now. It seems like West Coast brands are starting to infiltrate the market. So just on a general like update on the market what what are you seeing are you seeing kind of more west coast or out of state people start to come there and or are you seeing like these local grown companies start to to grow up a little bit more it's definitely a combination of both we're seeing an influx of people from all over the country move here uh, a lot of folks who were experienced in uh, california colorado uh, have been doing this for a long time are now making that transition to massachusetts uh, we're also seeing some of these locally grown brands kind of step into their own right and they're starting to get bigger and their brands more prominent and stronger. Um, so I, there's definitely a little bit of both going on right now. Uh, we are very much still in the boom of the cannabis industry, uh, especially within the state of Massachusetts. It seems like every day there's a new dispensary online, a new delivery service, new cultivation. Uh, so we're trying to be very mindful of all these players coming into the market. Uh, it's a very interesting time in Massachusetts right now, just at the speed at which things are, are have been growing over the past uh, few years and are continuing to expand. Absolutely. And so, you know, shifting the convo to, to the actual event series you guys got going on, you guys got is it six days or seven days straight of events. Seven days of events. Seven. <laughs> uh, we have 12 events total over the seven days. Uh, so we start off on Monday with the golf tournament, BCW Classic. And then Monday evening, we do a science over stigma presentation with MCR Labs and Seed. Tuesday, we have a full day of education. We start off in the morning with our veteran wellness breakfast. We'll have people on site that focus on trauma, PTSD, therapy, uh, and also some companies that are looking to hire veterans and we're just uh, looking to provide more resources to them this year overall. Then we have a full day of education. Some of our education this year includes um, a workplace culture. Uh, we're talking about uh, uh, some of the areas that are uh, most important to kind of unravel. Um, one of my favorite panels uh, this year is the uh, legacy market transition. We're talking to some of the brands that existed while it was still all black market and what their brands look like now that legalization has passed, uh, specifically in Massachusetts. We're also doing a really interesting panel on cannabis and pregnancy, which I'm really excited about. So there's a lot of good things going on this year. Then we jump into Wednesday is Fashion on Fire, our uh, fashion and glass art gallery. We're going to be showcasing fashion designers from throughout New England and pairing them with uh, glass art designers. Then on Thursday is our day of networking. We have our virtual networking event with Nisanko PR at 1 p.m. Then we're doing a Boston Cannabis Week edition of Let's Talk Weed with one of our scholarship recipients, Doral Black. Then our industry mixer is Thursday evening. Those take place at Studio B at Big Night Live, which is a beautiful venue. Uh, anyone who's coming is in for a real treat. It's it's part of TD Garden and it's, it's just brand new and really pretty. Um, so I'm excited to be doing something there. And then Friday, we have our block party returning to Underground and Ink Block. During our uh, block party this year, we have WTF, We the Female performing, uh, Green Lion Crew and Soul Rebel Project. Then on Saturday, we jump into the Experience Boston Festival. That's one of our premier events of the week, our arts and music festival. Headlining, we have Common with support by Currency. Common and Currency are both playing with live bands. Then we also have 
uh, uh, Rock Marciano and the Alchemist, Acrobatic featuring Dub Apocalypse, Desha Bell, DJ Slipwax, and hosted by Jasmine Red. And then Sunday is our self-care Sunday brunch, and we're going to do Reiki and CBD massage and uh, just a bunch of different wellness activations and just eat some really good food while we're doing it. I love it, man. So much going on. And, you know, I, I know we've been I've shared this over a Zoom and through email. You know, I nerd out on your guys' lineups for for the hip hop, man, as a, as a hip hop head. Right. Like hip hop and cannabis obviously have such a close relationship. Um, and you know, a lot of these events we see hip hop acts getting booked and there's some great ones and there's some OK ones. But I'll say as, as a real hip hop fan, you know, I, I think you guys curate an amazing lineup. And it's clearly, I think, you guys have a great taste and experience because you were doing that before you were doing, you know, that's some, that's not new to you guys. Uh, but what goes into kind of booking these lineups? You know, last year you had Mick Jenkins, Freddie Gibbs, Terminology, just like a, like, obviously I like hip hop, but there's stuff that I write about and gets popular. And then there's also the stuff that I personally listen to. And I feel like back to back years, you guys are curating a list of like a lot of people that are on my personal playlist. So I'm just curious what goes into <laughs> booking and what you guys seek when, when you're looking at the you know available artists. Uh, well, it, it's quite a process. I have uh, Boston Cannabis Week in general has an amazing team of people that helps make the whole thing run. Uh, there's about 25 people behind the scenes curating the programming and the talent and the marketing and promotions and all the things that make it go. go. Um, our uh, booking agent, Ned Wellberry, is very well known in Massachusetts for uh, booking hip hop in the region. And I worked with him back in the day for a, a, a while. And then when Boston Cannabis Week just got too big. I, you know, talked to him, brought him in so that he can take over some of the booking and I can kind of focus on the growth of the brand. Um, but you know, we, the festival is called experience Boston because we want to make it not only an experience of what this region has to offer, but we want it to be an experience that we all would want to be a part of as attendees. So this is the music we listen to. This is, these are the artists that we get excited about. Um, you know, there is always about five to 10 different iterations of the show before we come to this final uh, lineup. The headliner usually changes a few times. Sometimes we have co-headliners. The support artists change. Artists are available, not available. The last two years specifically have been a little tough just because there's so many different things happening as a result of being post-COVID and all these tours have been rescheduled. Artists are charging different things now. They have more power in the things that they want to do versus the shows they don't want to do. So, um, you know, it always takes our team a couple of, you know, a couple of months to get through the, the process to what the final headline looks like and what the final show looks like. And for the people out there that don't understand the time that goes into this, I mean, you guys threw this seven week, seven, sorry, seven day week long event, you know, a year, almost a year ago, uh, you know, we're getting close, right? And you're throwing it again. How long is it, is it taking you to, to get this scheduled and organized? How much time do you spend on this event? So we are actually, believe it or not, on a 15 month planning cycle. Wow. So we started conversations about what next year looks like two months ago. Uh, so obviously we're very much in the planning and the finally, you know, finalizing everything at this point. Uh, but we really have, we need more than a year at mm. this point to get it all done. So, uh, you know, and every year we say, 
okay, so the day after the festival, no talk, no email, like rest day. And without fail every year, texts end up going around after everybody is home going, what about this? What about this? <laughs> and actually I got reminded of that this year because our booking agent, Ned Wellberry had sent me a screenshot that um, I had said to him in the early spring, we should book common. And I totally forgot about it until like after we actually booked common. And then I went back through the text messages and I was like, Oh my God, we totally put that into the universe. Mm. And we like, it just was kind of happens, you know? Um, so it's, it's a long process. People go, what do you do the rest of the year? And we do a lot of other events and media and marketing work. Um, but it takes us more than a year to curate all of these things. And that's, that's the crazy thing, right? Like if someone even just comes to one event, you know, and they're experiencing one day, right? Over 15 months went into <laughs> making that, that experience what it is. And, and I, I, right. I, I really like that the underground and ink block venue, like it's, it's a cool vibe. And that was my first time in Boston coming out last time I was only in the city for like 50 hours. So I'm by no means an expert on the, the city or the geographic region, but it definitely go into that city and not having any experience with it. It was a, a real vibe to be like underneath like an overpass. So it was like, I think it might've sprinkled a little bit at one point, but you were like covered from the rain. You were outside. You still got to experience like the sunset. You can kind of, when you venture off to the side, you see the skyscrapers, you hear a little bit of the noise in the city, like a, like white noise from the city, which I loved. And it was just such a cool vibe to mix obviously and then mixed in with music that i actually personally listen to away from that that situation and cannabis man so how much how much do you guys look at to like kind of tailoring making sure that the vibe is is right for each one of these events at, at the locations you choose i mean that's everything right if we if we wouldn't want to be at those events at attendees then we're doing something wrong so we want to make sure that every event you know, and this year has been a year where we had to kind of step up the events we're working. And we're very lucky that Underground at Ink Block has we've been there since day one and they've welcomed us back every year and they've been a great partner to what we've been trying to achieve. Um, and at this point, uh, you know, having to get larger venues because you have too many people coming to your events is a wonderful problem to have. Um, so specifically with like moving into big night live, our, our networking event is consistently at capacity. Our golf tournament was sold out almost a month ago. Mm. So now the events are really starting to come into their own light. And it's, it's really nice to see how, uh, people start to gravitate towards one event or another for, you know, any particular reason. And that's what I was going to say. Having that variety of events makes it great for like, maybe there's the executive, you know, I, people love golfing, right? I'm not the biggest golfer, but like, you know, we, we tend to stereotype the executives, the say that the upper level sales right. guys, you know, those guys are golfing every chance they get, whether it has anything to do with business or not. Right. Those, those, that demographic loves golf. Some of those people might not really give a shit about like a hip hop concert. Right. So they kind of get to pick and choose what kind of experience, right. Like fits the, their vibe and what they're into. And, and you guys kind of provide all those different aspects. And I think it's cool to, to be able to do that and blend all those worlds. Like, you know, when you look at the lineup and now that I know and learn about Boston Cannabis Week, it's so cohesive. But for someone, you know, from the outside looking in, like to just plan, like I'm going to throw a golf event and a, a, a rap show with Alchemist and Rock Marciano, you know, like on a, if you just threw that out there without everything else tied in, someone would be like, 
that shit does not seem to uh to fit right so what 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 is like the the premise of making sure like we you have different experiences and then having like a cohesiveness kind of between each uh style of event yeah I, at this point um you know in the beginning it was just uh our ceo scott patano and i just trying to figure out what works now we've grown to this point where there's a team of people who have a vision and and have a way that they see things happening. Uh, our job is to pull all of those those elements together in a cohesive way. So um, it's riding a line for sure on what they see as some of the most important elements of the event, uh, but still making sure that we're staying true to the Boston Cannabis Week uh, mission. And we never charge for education or networking. We believe that that should be free and a service provided to the public. Uh, you know, some of our events, Fashion on Fire and some of the other events, we intentionally remain free and accessible because we want the community to be there. Uh, the Even the entertainment events are, uh, we try to keep as an affordable ticket as possible because we don't want there to be barriers to entry to be a part of what we're doing. The block party is completely free because we want everybody to come and be a part of it. Uh, so we try to remain community-based whenever possible. Fashion on Fire showcases artists from all over New England. Uh, the same with the, the Art and Music Festival. We're happy and we love bringing in these the, these national artists and these, these global brands uh, and global artists. But it's really important that, that, that Boston is representative in everything that we're doing because we are Boston Cannabis Week at the end of the day. Uh, and I, I love that, you know, as as cannabis, legal cannabis continues to grow, you know, I'm not from California, I'm on the West Coast, but California gets a lot of the spotlight. You know, obviously they have the, when you think of cannabis culture, it's hard not to think of California. A lot of these major brands start out there, you know, they have the, the, the entertainment industry. There's so much at home at California that kind of leads to why it gets that spotlight. And that's a, a thing that I really tip my hat to you guys as, as I see growing things there's a lot of things going on in new york now that are like new york can and i'm not knocking any of that stuff because i even know some friends from california that are involved in that but you see like these new york cannabis things happening and you look and it's like that's 20 california brands that i'm sure might be in new york once it launches but that's not very rep and well may maybe their weed's right. been getting sold in, Cal in new york for that long so maybe it is but at a surface level it doesn't really feel like the city it's in right it feels like it's catering more to the the industry at large more than than the the local region so that's another another question of on just balance of like that approach of making sure obviously like when it comes to sponsors some of these bigger players the national players might have more more money which is necessary when you as someone's throwing events so you need a budget you need the right kind of sponsors but how do you go like balancing that approach to ensure that local companies and brands are represented but also working with kind of the, the right national partners yeah that's that's tricky too right because so many of the partners are all from out of state now they're making they're starting to make a move into massachusetts so it's tricky you have to have a balance between some of those larger brands and the you know, mom and pop shops that are that are launching right in your own backyard. Um, so it, you know, it's up to our team, and we have a wonderful team of people that curate our partnerships and sponsorships. And those partnerships literally are the driving force behind Boston Cannabis Week. We wouldn't be able to do this if it wasn't for our partners who come on board and support everything we're doing, from uh, not just the financial aspect, but being a part of 
the programming and the thought process and suggestions and hearing all the things that they think make sense uh, is what's the most important for us. So it's definitely an ongoing, um, an ongoing discussion. It's definitely important to us to make sure we're staying true to the community, especially in Massachusetts more so than anywhere else. Also, it's tough to please everybody. So you can do all things perfectly and it doesn't mean that somebody's not going to have an issue with the way you're conducting business. So you just got to kind of keep one foot in front of the other until what you're doing makes sense. And um, if you if you feel in your heart of hearts that you're moving things in the right direction and the team around you feels the same way, then you just got to keep moving forward. I'm a big believer in like the team around me is a is a popular gauge as to what's possible. When I start talking to them and they say, that's crazy, sometimes I'm like, maybe that's crazy. And then if they're like, oh, yes, we have to do that, then it's something I'll probably pursue a little bit more. This, what I've realized this year, especially, is I am the co-founder and I am uh, the CEO and we are a woman-owned business. But at the end of the day, this is much bigger than me. Mm. It's almost at the point where anybody can step in and be the CEO. The organization is why this happens and the people behind it are why this happens and the brands that are involved are why this happens. So uh, that change is very prevalent to me this year, more so than any other year. I love that. You guys de definitely have a good community thing. Again, my, my really my only experience in Massachusetts or Boston is your guys' event and then uh, checking out the cannabis scene. A lot of them <laughs> participate in your event, but heading out there is so funny. There's this stigma of you know, like East Coast people are like assholes or whatever. And I know Massachusetts, you guys got that, the slang mass holes. I found that everybody was so welcoming and loving. Is that just <laughs> a cannabis industry thing? I just got, I only dealt with weed people and they're all chill. Or is that like a real stigma that exists out there? Everybody's high. No, <laughs> no Um, you know, so I'm originally from New York. So I have a little bit different of a, like, you know, we're just like as straightforward, as straightforward, as straightforward comes. Um, so it was a very natural integration to become, you know, a mass hole, <laughs> you know, like it's, uh, I understand that. Um, I think, you know, in this part of the world specifically, it's like people sense your authenticity, right? And they either feel good about what you're doing or they don't. And if they don't, they will let you know. And if they do, they will let you know. So, um, you know, and it is funny because there is this stereotype, like people from the East Coast are just assholes and people from the West Coast are just full of shit. It's like, you know, it's like, and that's every interaction I've had is ca uh, counterintuitive to that point. Mm. Um, but it's funny what, you know, what people have to say about just based on where you come from. I feel more now than ever, there is a kinship among a lot of people in the uh, community because we're all kind of trying to navigate a new industry. We're trying to move the needle in terms of federal legalization, in terms of banking, in terms of the things that are, you know, still very complicated. Um, we have, you know, Boston Cannabis Week is hosting uh, an expungement clinic in partnership with Big Hope Project this year. Uh, because we can't really be fully celebrating the cannabis industry without understanding that there are a number of people uh, throughout the country that are incarcerated for cannabis, for either selling or using, or whatever the case may be. Uh, we're, we found ourselves in a really interesting situation where half the country is celebrating and openly 
doing whatever they want and there's still people sitting in jail. So um, the disparities, among, you know, between how everything has been moving forward needs to be addressed. So that part uh, is still very mindful and, and, and we try to make sure that we're at least doing the right thing along the way. It's really important for our organization. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I'll tip my hat to that point as well. Cause I, there's been a couple of people out there that have spoke about that, that you can't celebrate or talk about the legalization without, with cannabis, without addressing some of those things. Like I come from, you know, Washington, we are the second state to get recreational cannabis. And at that point, you know, I hadn't obviously had nothing to do with it, but my, my, my opinion on it was like, we just need to legalize this shit. We'll figure out some other stuff down the line, but nobody really wants, you know, and so we're just now talking about social equity locally in, in Washington. I mean, they, truthfully, they started once Black Lives Matter movement happened and it was a mainstream look at how good we are to talk about what you're doing in diversity, some fake progressive stuff, but not, not just to diss the, the, polit the, the politicians of my local region, but, you know, looking at the East Coast, uh, you know, I think that region has done a much better job talking about cannabis legalization and social equity and, and just writing some, at least attempting to write the wrongs, whether they're doing it right or everyone agrees with it or not is a whole nother conversation, but at least having those conversations kind of at the same time. So outside of the expungement clinic, what are some of the other ways that you guys work within social equity? Cause I believe you guys do like a free sponsorship every year, correct? If, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so we have a, um, a scholarship program, the BCW Beyond uh, Scholarship. And what it is, is we provide um, SEEE applicants, minority-owned businesses, uh, partnership in Boston Cannabis Week. Um, so we essentially give them a scholarship in the form of uh, partnership and sponsorship. They have visibility at all of the events during the week. We do everything we can to put them in the right in front of the right people and also help to be a consultant on their business and what they're doing. Um, so this year we're, we're very fortunate to be, uh, working with, uh, Jarrell Black and let's talk weed and his education initiatives have been really groundbreaking here in, uh, Boston. And then we're also, uh, happy to announce Stone's Throw Cannabis, uh, which is another social equity, uh, dispensary that's going to be opening up. And we're very happy that they're our second scholarship recipient. And, uh, it's you know, very fortunate to us that they, they trust us with their brands and they trust that they want to be a part of what we're doing. And um, they will be at events uh, throughout the week this year. Yeah, that's, that, that's definitely awesome. Awesome to see again. Like I, I can't applaud you guys enough for, for having an event, like you said, is celebrating it, but, but there's also some things that need to be addressed and, and at least attempts need to be made in certain areas. Um, so for this this concert this year, you know, one of the things that I'm most excited about, what what's that, how, what's the time period on? I think it runs like what? Is it it's the afternoon to 10 p.m., correct? So yeah. So uh Friday the block party is 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. And then uh Experience Boston uh music festival is 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. Uh Common is going on at, I believe, 8 30, but you could check out uh the website bostoncannabisweek.com check on the ticket links and the set times are already in the ticket links. Um, common with a full band and currency with a full band. I'm so amped to see. Uh, and we're, we're just really excited. This is probably the biggest festival we've ever had. We have more partners than we've ever had. We actually changed the imprint of the festival to take the parking lot. So now we have almost uh, 60 vendors 
that are going to be set up throughout the whole event. Uh, on Friday, we're hosting a uh, video game tournament as part of the block mm. party. Uh, so you can also register for that at bostoncannabisweek.com. Uh, so there's a lot of really interesting things that we're doing this year that are the first time that we're pushing uh, in, in all these different directions. But for us, the most important thing is providing uh, a platform and and an event that everybody wants to be a part of. And so you said, so the, you guys are going to have the event space knock into the parking lot this year. That's what you're saying? Expand out? Okay. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's yeah, about double the size it was last year. Okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That'll, yeah. that'll be awesome. Because right? I know exactly that that parking lot just right was right outside the gate. So break it yes, in out there. Correct. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, where that the last year we had the fencing right along the, the mm -hmm. parking lot that that's all included in our imprint this year. So, uh, it's been, I can't even tell you hundreds of walkthroughs with our whole team calls, check-ins, all of the things has just been, uh, you know, so much planning involved, but we're excited. It's finally here. And then I'm glad you brought up the video thing because I did not write that down as one of my questions. But I was talking to my my guy over at Air Wellness the other day, um, and he had he had asked me about. It. He's like, "Are you guys into video games? Are you doing?" It? And I was like, "I don't. I I, I can't. Remember. I think you might have brought that up on one of our calls. What 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 video? What games are we actually playing? And what's what's the what's that going to look like?" Uh, I believe so. Uh, don't quote me on this, but I believe it's going to be a Madden tournament. Okay. Uh, my uh, Air is actually one of the presenting partners of that tournament, and they're working with our COO to put together all the details. Now we're going to have that up on BostonCannabisWeek.com just later this evening. Uh, but it's it's free to attend. Come sign up, register to be a part of the tournament, and we're going to have a great time. Okay. I'm, I might have to see Joe, you know, Joey might play Madden. I'm, I'm weak at Madden. If it was 2k, I'd be in there talking shit, but you know, I, I, I know my place when it comes to Madden. Uh, um, awesome, man. Well, well, Lisa, I'm really thankful to have you on here again. I'm really thankful to, to, to come out and be a part of, of Boston cannabis week again. Uh, you know, it's something I've been excited since I came last year. I'm excited for, for a couple of reasons. It's a great experience. Again, I'm not as much of a music fan as I am. I don't really go to a lot of live shows, but anytime I can catch a show with people I like, it's always enjoyable. And for me, more so like selfishly the networking, right? Going somewhere where I can have impactful conversations with people I don't necessarily see in real life very often and meet new people. Um, and I definitely think what you what you guys put on last year, I mean, I made, that was like, for me, that was honestly, as far as networking, that was the most one of the most valuable events I attended all of, of 2021. So I'm super stoked to get back there this year. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It means the world to us. And thank you for all your support. We love Respect My Region. You guys have been supporters for a minute now. So thank you for everything, really. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm excited to watch you guys keep growing. And show. I'm going to come out and, and experience the ambiance every time I can, man. Wonderful. I can't wait to see you in person. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. For people wanting more information, bostoncannabisweek.com. They got the breakdown of all these. She said 12 events across seven days. They got all the information there. You can get tickets. Some of them are just registering RSVP concert. You got to purchase tickets. Like she said, it's affordable. Um, all of that, bostoncannabisweek.com. You can see the whole itinerary, everything going on. Respect My Reason is going to be out there. I hope you guys are. Anything else you want to plug real quick before I get you up out of here, Lisa? Thank you so much. Follow us on Boston Cannabis Week at Boston Cannabis Week on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Boston Cannabis Week at Boston Canna Week on Facebook. 
Um, and check out bostoncannabisweek.com for all our offerings that even if you're not local, join us for some of our virtual programming. All of our education will be live streamed. And if you are local, come out, see Common Currency, Rock Marciano, The Alchemist, the whole lineup. We hope to see you there. Yep. September 19th through 25th. We'll be out there. I hope you guys are too. Uh, this is the North American Weed Tour podcast. We are looking at recreational cannabis across the map and beyond. We'll be back with more content soon.